Hi, and welcome to the Bible Song Podcast. I'm Nate, and on this podcast I interview the Bible Song founder David Newquist about the rationale and craft behind his word-for-word setting of the Bible. Here at the Bible Song Podcast, we're all about making it easy for the church to meditate on the Word of God day and night. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Bible Song Podcast. In today's episode, the Bible Song founder, Mr. David Newquist, walks us through what the Bible Song is. We hope you enjoy the episode. This is our inaugural episode of the Bible Song Podcast. So, pleasure to be along with you, Dave. And I wanted to ask Dave if we didn't already know each other and I just bumped into you in an elevator somewhere, say going from the first floor up to the 15th floor. So we had a minute and I said, hey, what do you do? What would you say? Um, I would say I put the, uh, the whole scripture, uh, the whole of scripture to music so that people could uh, memorize it, meditate on it, so they can put it into practice. The goal of uh, memorization is meditation. The goal of meditation is inspired and informed obedience. And that's what that's the goal of this thing. We want everybody to be in, have the spirit working with the word, inspiring them and walking in the spirit, walking in the word. The spirit's with us and inspires us to do things. But the word is sort of like it gives us the guidance, the wisdom, understanding. Like Jesus says, love one another. The greatest commandment, love God, love one another. Well, then if you understand the scriptures, and the, uh, what does it mean to love someone? You know, everybody could come up with their own definition of what it means to love somebody. And a lot of music out there with a lot of different definitions of love in the pop world, you know. Mm. What does it mean to love someone? Well, if we know the whole counsel of God, uh, then we understand from the scripture what it means to love and to walk in love. And the spirit can then lead us in that way but we have to have the wisdom that comes from asking god and him showing us but primarily he shows us through his word now what would you say if i turned to you in the elevator after you told me that and said but can't i just look bible verses up on the internet why do i need to uh listen to the bible sung or sing it myself to do that what Oh, I well, I I would, I, first thing I do is I would encourage you, yeah, look up verses on the internet. If you're doing that, keep doing it. Uh, not going to stop anybody from doing anything related to scripture. And whether they're taking a, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like you, you can take, there's two roads to get to a certain place uh, in your car and you didn't check the map. And let's say you're going from, I'm in, I'm in Southern Central California. There's a couple of ways I can get to the coast. Well, if I don't check the map, uh, one of them is a nice freeway, gets you there real quick, and it's easy drive. And the other is this winding road. <laughs> you know, you might you might end up with some bumpy, windy road. You'll get there or, well, may not get there, depending on how bad the road is. Why not take the easy path, you know? So, and why not have something that if the internet goes down, you've got the internet within you. In other words, you've downloaded the, the scripture through music into your heart, into your mind, it's there. You don't have, we're not relying on a device. These devices, you have an, an uh, EMP, electromagnetic um, um, attack, you know, with it, they can 
and they explode a nuclear bomb above the United States, they can wipe out all our all our electronics for a long time. We're back in the dark ages all of a sudden. So if you have scripture within you, then you're not relying on all of these things. And I would say that, I guess. <laughs> so how does having a musical Bible um, make memorizing scripture easier than just say reading it? Well, uh, again, the scripture, the Bible itself does talk about reading scripture, but a lot of people need to understand, first of all, when it talks about reading scripture, when they're writing about reading, they're talking about reading it out loud. In the synagogue, they stood up, Jesus stood up and he read from the book of Isaiah. They, it's, when, and they're talking about revelation, they, they reading, they, these were the early church used the readings from revelation, but they read it out loud. We have a, this silent reading idea in America um, because you can have kids in a classroom. Everybody silently read this chapter, and then the, it's nice because it's all quiet. <laughs> but and the scripture is meant to be read out loud, and, and I encourage reading it out loud. Uh, it's, in fact, I like to talk about, and I probably get off your question. I'll forget your question, but you know, uh, sing, read, write, recite is sort of a program I have for. Uh, really indelibly getting scripture in your mind. So reading is part of it. But singing, music is so powerful. It's incredibly powerful. It It's helped people uh, memorize, well, the Hindus, for example, memorized um, their Vedas, which are three times the length of the entire Bible. The Bible is approximately 31,000 plus verses. The Vedas are 100,000 verses. Can you imagine? So take your Bible right now and then think of it three times, stack three of them on top of each other. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And they memorize that not only word for word, but syllable for syllable. And they pass that down through a singing chanting technique for a thousand years without ever writing it down. Mm -hmm. Syllable for syllable, syllable. Can you imagine a thousand years? That's a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Now, a couple of things that says to me, First of all, it says music works. <laughs> and also tells me, boy, they really took those scriptures of theirs seriously. Now, we don't believe that's God's word. I mean, I'm sure it has a lot of interesting philosophy and all those kind of things. Those that study, uh, you know, stu religious studies and comparative religions and all that. And there's things to be learned from other uh, sacred documents. They call them sacred but we have the true word of God, but it works. I mean, I think of that, a thousand years. So after a thousand years, then they finally was written down and that was about 1500 years ago when it was finally written. And then once they wrote it, they still the main means of transmission of the Vedas is through this chanting technique, not through the, the writing. Nobody reads it to memorize it. They continue to use the chanting. And uh, other groups I won't get into now, but there's other religions that have done, used this technique and they've passed down for millennia or for generations, for hundreds of years, word for word, that they're what they call their sacred texts. So we've done it in uh, small amounts, but not uh, to the extent that I believe God wants to do it in these last days. This is like a, this is a, Going from, you know, this is like the atomic bomb. And we have a battle with Satan here. We're in a true battle. People, you know, it's so easy to get um, uh, to get just busy with life and not realize that 
you are in literally in a battle with the enemy. Uh, Ephesians 6, Paul says, take on the whole armor of God. And he goes through the armor of God. And the fact that in that passage, the only offensive weapon is what? It's the word of God, you know, the sword of the spirit. That's our offensive weapon. So, you know, you can go into battle and you can have some of these other, the other things, which is all great. But if you don't have an offensive weapon, are you going to take any ground? We need to take ground. And we have to have his word in our heart. So your original question was probably why music or why? Because why, it works. My music, yeah. It works. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody can, uh, most people, there's a, there's a certain few people that, every, there's always the exceptions to the rules, you know. There's some people that just, say they can't memorize with with music but most people if you and they're older like my age or middle life or whenever they are you yourself you're a young man but i bet you there were some some songs you learned or some jingles you heard on tv or on the radio or whatever of advertising something and if someone were to sing the first few uh you know phrases you could just carry on and finish the song and even though you probably never sang it for 10 years from ago haven't heard it for 10 15 years and you could probably finish it. Hmm. I mean, I can't think of one because I don't, I don't know what you were exposed to. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah it just works, and it's it's in, indelibly imprinted uh, uh, in about twelve. You know, I say I say it different every time because there's like seven regions, nine regions, twelve regions, but many regions of the brain. If you do hmm. you know, studying the brain, where language and music together. It implants it into your memory system. So you literally will never forget it. And that's what we want. And that's why we want to start with young children singing, even when they don't understand some of the bigger words, what they even mean. If they just sing it and get the, the word in their heart, like we have the kindergartners, it's four and five, six-year-olds singing John chapter one. Yeah. You know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And then they get the words, they don't even know what they mean. But they sing them right on through and they have it in their heart and they have it in their mind. Right. Then once they're exposed to the teaching of it uh, at different levels, they're in the concrete thinking level of P Piaget. You know, when you're, when you're very young, you're thinking concretely. But as they, as they grow, they get into more sophisticated ways of thinking, critical thinking and analytic thinking. And then they understand teaching and they get the history that goes behind what, what was happening in, at the time when, first chapter of john was written but they have all this these memory hooks it's already there so everything they hear has a place to, to tie into their brain hmm. as opposed to if you don't have that structure and you're 17 and somebody teaches you well this is what was going on here in john you'll hear it and you'll you'll kind of, you'll get it but you kind of most likely won't remember it uh as well hmm. but if you have this you when they're talking to you I can, it's hard to describe, but when anytime I hear a sermon, when they start talking and preaching the sermon, my mind is going to that passage, and I can say, wait a minute, <laughs> you're taking that out of context, or wow, that's right on, that is so good, what you're saying, and because I, I know the, the framework. And this is another thing why we need to memorize, because most cults are come along, and what they do, they take a, a scripture here and a scripture there, and, a, and they make it sound very logical, right? But, and they put it together, and then next thing you know, it's a false gospel, like in Galatians, you know, they're preaching another gospel. Mm -hmm. And so it's a protection to know God's word 
textually in context and music is the most absolutely the easiest and most fun way to get it done that's beautiful um one thing i thought of you were talking about the the mind in memorizing scripture and i'm thinking of the uh the shema in deuteronomy about love the lord your god with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your strength and i'm wondering heart wise like emotionally what is the effect of singing music what does it feel like to be singing scripture rather than just saying or reading it i could throw it back at you but you know what do you mean what does music do to you i mean think about it think about music think about the different kinds of music and how it moves me how it moves you. you why do they have this music playing in movies when you go to movies and behind the scene there's music that's shifting from the romantic scene when they're looking at niagara falls and gazing in each other's eyes and there's this nice music going on it and it and it supports that uh, event right and then the next scene is there you know it's uh, braveheart and they're lining up to go to war and they got swords and they're that music is not going to be the same music you heard at niagara falls <laughs> believe me it's going to be the, this dr dramatic strong you know go to war music music has literally driven people to war and it, it's it's it brings out evokes every kind of emotion every kind of thought because music is eternal that's another reason i use music it's biblical psalms david with the tabernacle of david david wrote the psalms he put the scripture to music and it's not just david and it's not just the psalms you go all the way back to moses and miriam miriam was the first one that led all israel and that she took her tambourine and went around and singing the first song we call the song of the lord prophetically singing and it became scripture david where they were inspired the spirit and they sang these psalms and they became scripture now we have the scripture we have everything that pertains to life and godliness in scripture and now we sing so paul says well take that scripture the scriptures and sing them back to god sing psalms hymns spiritual songs to the lord and to one another encouraging one another so um yeah it's it's powerful i mean just i mean well yeah, i don't think i need to convince anybody how powerful and, and music is and the moods it can create you know that think about jazz you know it's just a whole different a whole different mood or the blues or country music it all carries the story and history is what it's his story and we're part of God's story, and we're, we we move into God's story. And if we move, if we move with the spirit, like when I write the com compose a chapter, like in the Gospels, for instance, and then I let's sing it, or I hear it after I've written it, it's it's like I'm there, I'm I'm transported almost like Jesus is being led to. You know, He stands up in the temple in the in the synagogue. In the synagogue out of the temple he stands in the synagogue he's given the scroll of prophet isaiah and he reads you know about himself really that the, the, he'll deliver the captives and give sight to the blind and all these things and they closed the book and and gave it to the attendant and then he sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fastened on him so i can say it like that but when you say it with music that supports the idea it's almost like a movie. And the book of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him.
opened the scroll and found the place where it was written. I think, honestly, the imagination or the the mind's eye can see these things and can imagine them. And with the music, if the music is done, if it's not just um, simply done, if the music supports the text. So I try to do that when I write. So if the text is like that, that has one one kind of thing and then one kind of feeling and one kind of uh, emotion, but then it shifts. And then in the synagogue, there was a man, you know, who was filled with an unclean spirit and the Jesus cast us. We got to change the music. In the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice saying, Ha, what have we to do with you? And then the next thing you know, he's talking about these issues where he's really saying, long story short, he's saying the gospel is going to go to the Gentiles and you guys are kind of rejecting it. And he talks about in the Old Testament where Elijah the prophet and Elisha and Elijah was sent to uh, Naaman the Syrian was the only leper healed and Elisha went to a widow of Zarephath. She was the only one, she said, he, Jesus says, there are a lot of widows, there were a lot of lepers in Israel at the time. Elijah was only sent the one, he said. You think he's trying to stir up trouble the way he's talking? I mean, he's a, Elijah was only sent to one. He was sent to this <laughs> Naaman the Syrian. You remember the story and the little servant girl said, go baptize, go wash yourself in the water like he it's said. Leprosy, yeah. You're healed. Yeah, leprosy's healed. So he, he says, he's the only leper healed. The only one, and he's a Syrian, so they're already. What's he? What's this? And then he's. And then he goes on and, and makes it worse for the Jewish people, and says, and you know, and then the, the widow Zarephath, she's she was, uh, she Zarephath is not a Jewish place. It's, again, she's a Gentile, uh, an outsider. So now all these people that have just seen the miracle and just heard him talk about himself being the Messiah today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. I am the Messiah. And Messiah is coming for who? Well, he's coming for the Gentiles because you guys are going to reject me. Most certainly there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was shut up three years and six months and a great famine came over And yet Elijah was sent to none of them Except to the widow Zarephath In the land of Sidon And also there were many lepers In Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet 
Yet not one of them was cleansed Except Naaman Naaman the Syrian And what are they, what's their reaction? You know, they get all steamed up and they, they drag him out of the synagogue and they force him up to the edge of this cliff on the hill on which the city was built and ready to throw him off the cliff. Well, that, the music there has to be, you know, it's really agitated. You can even feel it. You can see it in your mind's eye. And then, bam, he just, some miracle happens. I don't know if God just sends angels or what, or Jesus' presence, God's presence comes and they just, they just all of a sudden, he just says he walked right through the middle of them and went on his way. Like, so the music had to reflect that. their city was built in order to throw him off of the cliff but Jesus walked right through the crowd and went his way that's the way I write it but it, it, that's not necessary to write the music that way to remember it memory with music is is um, because of these regions of the brain. So that's the emotional component though. And uh, emotion does have a big deal to do with memory as well. Just as aside from music, they say if you, when you're studying for a final, if you can get, bring some emotion into it, you know, think about it in some way that you get excited about it or you, you know, some emotion to it that helps you remember. But music causes the emotions to surface. Jesus answered him, it is written, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only, you must worship the Lord your God, you must worship the Lord your God. Well, Dave, thank you for introducing us to what the Bible song is and I'm excited for future podcast episodes to all our listeners and viewers. Thanks for coming along with us today. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the Bible song podcast, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at thebiblesong.com or at patreon.com forward slash the Bible song. Thanks once again. Have a great day.